City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. City, it's your man Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets, and you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. On this episode of The Stinger, I'm joined by Patrick Burns from The Frozen Rope, a a fellow fan nation site covering the Utah Jazz. And today we're going to be talking about Rudy Gobert trades and the potential trade partner that Utah could be for Charlotte or maybe not. So Patrick, thanks a lot for taking the time to join me and, and how's your day going? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going good. It's early. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm glad to be here. This is, I will have to point out, is a big time difference. Uh, Patrick is in Vegas. I'm in Manchester, UK. I think that's a full eight hours. So uh, yeah, it's uh, afternoon. It's coming to the end of my work day and it's the start of Patrick's. But yeah, this this is going to be fun. So let's go. Let's do it. So, Patrick, I guess first of all, just where do you sit with Rudy Gobert? I'm sure there's a varied views amongst Jazz media fan bases, but what what's your personal thought on Rudy and how the season finished in Utah? Um. Well, I, my my thoughts on Rudy Gobert, it's it's there's there's regular season Rudy and there's playoff Rudy. You know, and, you know, as far as trading for Gobert, if we, you know, cut to the chase as far as the team wanted to trade for Gobert, um, I think you're getting two different players, you know, in the regular season and the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, Rudy Gobert has been, you know, he's been exploited, you know. So, you know, in the regular season, you, you have a situation where, um, you know, you got you got a situation in the regular season where teams, you know, aren't on full, you know, don't have all hands on deck. You know, they have players nursing injuries. You're playing teams that don't have the personnel that can go small on Rudy. And where Rudy's been a liability to the Jazz is when teams go small, his biggest asset's going to be his rim protection. You know, that's the number one thing that he brings to the table, you know, rim protection. But when you got five guys that can, you know, go small, shoot threes, you know, shoot, you know, at a 35% clip on the floor, you know, dribble, penetrate, it takes that away from him. And then he doesn't punish the other guy, you know, the guy guarding him on the other end. And that's where the Jazz get beat. I mean, just some history on the Jazz. Um, you know, they've gotten knocked out in the first round three years in a row to teams that really aren't great playoff teams. I mean, good teams, they, obviously they made the playoffs, but no, they lost to the Nuggets. They lost to the Clippers without Kawhi. I mean, this year they lost to the Mavericks in six games and they didn't have Luka for two games. So, you know, in the regular, there's regular season Rudy, who's an all-star, you know, when he is usually matched up against, you know, a big, 
he's got the rim protection, you know, he gives that rim protection and they can't exploit him. But in the playoffs, it's been a real problem. So, you know, Rudy's a great player. He's an all-star. He's three-time defensive player of the year. You know, he's definitely an asset, but I think the question that teams have to ask themselves, and I think the Jazz are asking themselves right now, is can you win a championship when your highest paid player can't make a jump shot, you know, doesn't have a post game? And when teams are able to go small on them, you know, it's checkmate, you know, it's, you know, the Jazz don't have an answer to that because Rudy can't get them out of that small ball, you know, because he doesn't have the offensive post moves. So yeah. it's, it's, it's twofold. And for those who don't know, Rudy Gobert has, I believe, four years left in his contract between right. about 38 to 40 million per year. So I, I don't know where that ranks in highest paid players in the NBA, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's up there. He's eight. It, when, he, when he signed the contract, it was the third highest contract ever signed in the NBA. Oof. Now it's he's eight. But yeah, he's got an opt-in year when he's 33 at $46 million. Yeah, I think we can. So, I think we can put that one in a bit more than pencil, probably, can't we? So, <laughs> for sure, yeah, he's opting in. There's no question. Yeah. So, you know, here in Utah, they they love Rudy, like they love Rudy Gobert, and I, you know, just, I guess deservingly so. He is an All Star. Like, I don't want to hammer on him saying he's not an asset. He's a legitimate All Star in the regular season. He'll get you to the playoffs. But once you get to the playoffs, you know, they haven't had an answer when teams are able to go small on them and they get beat every time. So, you know, it's, it's tough. It's a tough call. So for, for a team like Charlotte, where, you know, they have not won a playoff game since the Miami sure. Heat series, back with Kemba, Martin Williams, um, Josh McRoberts, all those guys, they've not won a game for, for many years. Mm -hmm. They are probably realistically not, I know they would love to win a championship, every team, but the, the goal, and you've heard the GM sure. and owner say this many times, is to win a playoff series. And that's what this team is really working towards. Like, it's, you know, one step at a time. Let's not worry about winning the championship right now. Let's just win a playoff series. And I know you said that the Jazz haven't won any first-round playoff series with, with Rudy Gobert in the last three years, but the defensive struggles that Charlotte have had, Rudy Gobert is obviously a natural fit. He is someone in the mellow ball. He's probably a more gifted passer than I'd say probably any of the players on the jazz are who could maybe get him that ball kind of right around the rim on lobs um, and, and can really take advantage of his size. There's obviously interest there from fans. Um, but like you said, you know, he's a liability in the postseason. So how they try and balance those two things is going to be difficult. And especially when it comes to value, like I think Jake Fisher reported the other day that, the Jazz are looking for a star caliber player, a young player and picks, which another GM described as an astronomical cost. Sure. So if, if that's the cost, it doesn't feel like anyone's trading for Rudy Gobert at, at that price. Would, would, you, would you kind of agree with that? Or do you think that's a bit of posturing from the Jazz and actually the asking price might be a little bit lower? You know, it only takes one. You know what I mean? It takes one GM that wants to make the playoffs and get in the playoffs. You know, to save their job. About the <laughs> What's that? One to save their job. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think that, like, he does have trade value because he'll get you in the playoffs. You know, he dominates the regular season. You know, Rudy Gobert. I mean, I don't think the Jazz make the playoffs if Rudy Gobert's not on their roster last year. You know, I'm, I'm convinced they don't make the playoffs. They probably win 35 games without Rudy. I mean, he makes a huge, huge difference, 
you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're talking about a GM whose goal is to get into the playoffs, you know, Rudy's your guy. But I think the Jazz are at a point to where, you know, they're they're ready to take a step backwards, you know, maybe risk not making the playoffs next year. If, you know, they can get some assets, you know, build around Donovan. Then you got the Donovan, you know, the Donovan Rudy, you know, fiasco that's going on. It sounds like those two can't play anyway. So, you know, the, the Jazz definitely want to keep that under the table because it hurts his trade value. If people know that they're going to trade him for, you know, no matter what. I think they will. I think he's gone. Really? You know, but oh yeah, I think I think it's I think Donovan Mitchell and him aren't going to play together. I think they, they want to keep Donovan. Donovan's a guy they want to keep long term, and he's not staying with the Jazz if if because Donovan Mitchell has an opt in uh, opt out the same year that Rudy does. You know, so Rudy's opting in, Donovan's opting out. You mm. know, so you know he's not re-signing with the Jazz if if Rudy's still there. Rudy will be be gone by then, I'm sure. But the most assets you're going to get for Rudy is right now the further you get into his contract the less you're going to get back there's no question about it so so. in terms of assets okay how do you before I start throwing things at you how do you view Charlotte as a trade partner you know I'm sure you've gone over your head a number of times with DeAndre and and other teams um is Charlotte even uh, in a top five for like kind of teams that you look at and go oh I'd quite like to have that asset or that player they're not. I mean, I looked at your roster and the contracts. I mean, I like Bridges, you know, but are you guys going to give up Bridges? You know, I, I don't know. I don't think you would, would you? I would want to keep him. You know, Terry Rozier is making a lot of money. You know, Gordon Hayward's hurt all the time. You know, they, I, I don't, I, I, it's not that they don't have anything to offer, but I think Toronto and Atlanta have more to offer, you know, the Jazz and, and supposedly they want him. You know, I think Atlanta has the most to offer. You know, I think it'd be kind of a clean cut deal if they want Rudy, you know, and they're, I think they want to get in the playoffs. They want to get back in. They got to do something. You know, they didn't make, they went from the Eastern Conference Finals and not even making the playoffs. So I think they're a good match. Toronto could be a good match. You know, so, you know, they've got a lot of wings that they can give up. You know, they've got an overabundance of wings, but that's what the Jazz were looking for. They're looking for length at the wings. I mean, who isn't, you know what I mean? But that's what they want in return. They want, I think, you know, Danny Ainge being with the Jazz, I think they kind of want to do duplicate what the Celtics did, you know, have the longer, longer wing, wing players. Okay, so pretty clear there, like you say, that you don't view Charlotte as one of the teams maybe with the, the best packages. But I'm, I've got a couple of things that I want to throw at you. And, and even though, like, like you said there, I know that, probably likely to be no's. It'd just be good to get like your thought process of okay. what they're missing or or how many more first round picks you would want for to, to make it work. So right. I've essentially taken like Terry Rozier out of most of the deals because he overlaps pretty significantly with Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion. And I don't know about that defensive backcourt playing together. So for salary purposes, Gordon Hayward, ex-Utah Jazz player, who you obviously know very well, was an all-star in Utah many, many right. years ago and was signed by your GM, Danny Ainge. Um, he might not be GM, but whatever his title is, uh, Danny Ainge in Boston. Um, obviously, since then, has had a, a myriad of injuries. But, you know, something along the idea of Gordon Hayward plus young player plus pick, which is what? Um, that was reported by Jake Fisher, star caliber player, young player picks. 
So something like yeah. Gordon Hayward, Kai Jones, and two first round picks. Um, what what do you not like there? And be honest, if it's everything, you can you can say it. That's fine. No, no. I actually like the trade, everything, but maybe you don't know the history between about Gordon Hayward and the Jazz. Mm-hmm. But he he left the Jazz at the altar, you know, to go to Boston. You know, it wasn't like we didn't have we weren't prepared for it at all. He didn't give any indication that he wanted. He never said he wanted to stay, but he never said he wanted to leave. He's probably the most hated player mm-hmm. right now. I was like, he's there's no way the Jazz would trade one of the most beloved players, you know, with the fan. They, the fans love Rudy. And, you know, they, we just don't, they just don't like Gordon, you know. But I think it's a fair trade on paper. Like, I think that the Jazz are getting wings. They're getting a good, you know, Gordon Hayward, you know, plays. If he can stay healthy, he's good. It's the F, isn't you know? it? I like the John Collins, you know, John Collins, 6'9", who plays positionless basketball. You know, they need somebody like that. And I like the two picks, you know, the 15 and 16, you know. If you hit on one of those, you know, it's a good trade. You just have to hit on one of those. Um, but, yeah, there's, the, the Jazz aren't trading for Gordon Haywood. There's just no way it would happen. You know, it's just not going to happen. Interesting. So if Gordon Haywood is is a no way, then I think essentially there is no path to, to really go back. No, Unless it, it's a Terry Rozier and, like, his three picks and two pick swaps for the next, like, five years which I don't think Bashar the Hornets in a situation to do. So I, I think that's fair. I think you, you talked about John Collins there. I think you might have been mentioning about one of the, one of the other trades that I, I sent through to you, which is a bit of a three-teamer. So the one mm-hmm. I was talking about before was just uh, Hayward, Kai Jones, and kind of two first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. But I sent the three-teamer through to you, which was also including the Hawks, which was, and I'll go through this slowly so listeners can kind of make it okay. up in their head as they go which is the Hornets were to receive Rudy Gay as essentially a salary dump from Utah, Clint Capella from the Hawks, and a second-round pick from OKC. Hornets would then give up Gordon Hayward, Jalen McDaniels, and the number 15 pick in this year's draft. So essentially trading Gordon Hayward, Jalen, and a first for Clint Capella, which is not the Rudy Gobert trade, but you'll see how this ties in. The Hawks would then receive Rudy Gobert, and that would mean that the Jazz end up with Gordon Hayward, John Collins, two first-round picks, and Jalen McDaniels. Um, so if it wasn't for the history of the Utah Jazz hate of Gordon Hayward, do you think you, you think that would be fair? And I guess my other question is, you say the fans really dislike Gordon. Yes. Will Danny Ainge care what the fans think? No, probably not. You know, because it's Danny Ainge, you know, he traded Isaiah Thomas, you know, mm. when the fans loved him, you know, if you remember that. So he's proved that he can, and that was the right decision too, you know, to trade Thomas, you know, when they traded him. Um, man, Gordon Hayward, it was a big deal when he left, you know. Well, he, like Don- he, he tried to leave twice, didn't he? Because he signed with Charlotte. He started with Charlotte and the Jazz matched. And matched. Know, the, and then. He was good, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, they match, and he was actually Gordon. They, they say that Gordon Hayward was kind of upset that the Jazz didn't like up his up his contract, like, you know, resign to a bigger contract at that point. He he didn't think he was getting paid enough at that point. That was one of the reasons why he left. But he was very quiet about leaving. Like if they knew he was leaving, they would have traded him. You know, they would have traded him. You know, the year going into his you know unstricted you know free agent got something for him, but they they he left. They didn't get anything for him. 
And then the next year, you know, that year they drafted Donovan Mitchell and he kind of saved the franchise, you know, they don't draft him. We're probably the Sacramento Kings, you know, the NBA, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah. If, if Utah did make a trade with the Hawks with, for Rudy Gobert, Hawks got Rudy, is Clint Capella a guy that you would want back in terms of like, you think that would be part of the deal? I, I want him back, you know, because he doesn't make as much money as Rudy and his contract's not as longer. He gets out of his contract a year before Rudy gets out of his and he makes half the money and he, he's not half the player that Rudy is. You know, he's a downgrade for Rudy. You know, Rudy's definitely, he's, he's probably a poor man's Rudy Gobert is what he is. I mean, their skill sets are very similar, but if the Jazz could get like Capella in the deal, and then maybe John, you know, Collins, and then maybe a first round pick. I think then the Jazz can still be relevant next year, because you know they trade Rudy Gobert, they've got no rim protection at all, yeah. and they need some rim protection. Then they would, you know, here's Robin Peter to pay Paul at that point. You know, if you're not getting rim protection back, yeah. So I mean, he, that would make sense. He's been the linchpin. Obviously, you've been able to fill out the rest of your roster with some kind of like flawed defensive players and. Bojanovic, uh, Jordan Clarkson, because you've had Rudy Gobert there to, mm-hmm. to clear up a lot of the mistakes. And that's the thing. He's so tied to like the, um, such a central figure to the ev- everything that you do defensively. But like you said, you now got a good sample size of that's not working in, in postseason mm-hmm. play. And it, it seems quite clear from all the reporting that you say they've, they've committed to Donovan Mitchell. Um, so... I, I didn't think I've got anything else to add. Have you got any other thoughts at all? No, no. I mean, that, I think we covered it. But yeah, Charlotte would be a tough, it would be a tough match with Gordon Hayward there. The only way we're, I mean, we'd have to get Terry Rozier. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get salaries to match. You know, Terry Rozier and maybe, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how much you guys would be willing to part with Bridges. But he would have to, I think he would have to be part of the deal. The challenging thing with Bridges is that you essentially then wouldn't be able to do the deal until free agency. So the two first round picks the Charlotte owned this year mm-hmm. would, have, would have already been selected. They would have been used. And then because Charlotte have an outstanding pick, which I think belongs to Atlanta at the moment, um, they, they then, it, it's difficult for them to trade future first as well. So any, you know, any deal like, like Bridges, Rozier, you'd probably want future first. That gets tricky. Um, I, the worry I have about Bridges is just the only reason they wouldn't want him is if he's getting paid like maybe max money. If like, if he goes, gets a max, max offer sheet this summer from Detroit or San Antonio and Charlotte max match, Mm -hmm. and then they're stuck with him at like 30 million per year, then I could maybe see them thinking, eesh, you know, this is, this is a lot of money, but like, how often do you re-sign guys and then sign them in the first year after afterwards it's just not something that happens but happens that often but a sign and trade with bridges i think he counts for about 18 million so you could sign and trade bridges and rosier for rudy gobert um for me that just feels like a, a really big part of your your starting lineup um for kind of two players who i'd say are core leaders of this team and i don't mm-hmm. know if they'd be, they'd be able to fill what's in behind them but oh, it's it's Something that could happen. It, it would have to be a sign and trade deal, um, which would have to happen in free agency. Would, would you want picks as well as that, or would you just take Rosier and Bridges straight up? We want. They wouldn't want picks for yeah. sure. That's we what don't I have pick this year. I, 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 I'm a firm believer that if we're trading Gobert, we've got to get some rim protection back. 
If we don't yeah. get rim protection back, then you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul at that point, and you might not even make the playoffs next year. Well, that's so. maybe then, like, depending, again, how highly, like, Utah Jazz grades someone like Mark Williams or Jalen Duran in the draft. Charlotte could end up drafting one of those True. guys, and then six months down the line, you can you can look at that. And if they're, like, great, weird, Mark Williams is a, you know, top five rim protector in, in the NBA from day one, then then that could be something. So, again, potential potential for down the road. But the, these two picks Charlotte have got this year, 13 and 15, just feel like it's there. It's a real opportunity to make an acquisition using those or using one of them. Uh, but it feels like it, it could be a challenge to do that before free agency unless Bridges is involved. I think, I think what the Jazz are going to look to do is the same thing that Danny Ainge uh, mentioned in an interview. He mentioned this about what happened with the Boston Celtics is you know, Boston went away from the scoring point guard, you know, the Kyrie Irvin, you know, the Walkers, the, you know, Isaiah Thomas. And they moved, um, you know, Marcus Smart to the one. And then uh, Jalen Brown went from the three, you know, to the, you know to, to the two. And then, you know, obviously, you know, they got their all-star there that played the, you know, playing the, you know, the two. So they, they got bigger. They, I think they're going to look to move Donovan to the one and try to get bigger at the two. And then maybe move Bogdanovich from the four to the three. Mm. You know, that's really worked out well for, you know, because, you know, Jason Tatum, he was always a three, you know, he's playing the two now, you know, I think the Jazz are going to try to do something similar to that. And I think they're going to try to move Conley too. You know, I think Conley yeah. might have moved and then Gobert. And Conley, Conley was one that I looked at again from a Hornets trade acquisition standpoint, because the Hornets are desperate, I think, for some leadership, some veteran mm -hmm. experience, which Mike Conley is probably one of the best vets in the NBA. Right. They also need a backup point guard. So, you know, he, he would, fit next to that backup point guard and could also probably play a little bit next to Lamelo as well. He, he's shown he can do that with Donovan Mitchell. He obviously struggled this past year, especially in the playoffs, but he has shown that. Um, the, the issue I just think for Charlotte is that salary, just 22 and a half million is just a lot. And Charlotte have got to pay a lot of guys in the next couple of years. And having like, I, I want veteran expect veteran presence and a backup ball handler for Charlotte, but, 22 and a half million is a lot to pay for that. Like I'm, I'm it more is. thinking in the, the six to 12 million range rather than that quite that much. For sure. Yeah. You're smart to think that way. You know, <laughs> my father's getting paid way too much. No question. They, they went all in with Conley, you know, that was kind of the last chip that they, it was, you know, it, they, it hasn't moved the needle at all. You know, they've been bounced in the first round three straight years with Conley like, since that Conley deal. So I think they're going to try to, to reshuffle the deck and we'll see what they do. You know, hopefully we can get one of those GMs out there that just wants to make the playoffs, you know, and, you know, Atlanta might fit that, fit that, uh, be that team. I don't think Toronto just wants to make the playoffs. They won't win at all, you know, but. Uh, Charlotte might be one of those teams. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping not. I mean, they keep talking about winning a playoff series as their, as their goal. They don't just want to make a seventh to an eighth seed. They have said that, but, um, you know, difference between a six, like winning a playoff series and being like a six seed. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, well, pa Patrick, thanks a lot for your time today. Um, really interesting to go through it. Uh, we did one of these about DeAndre Ayton, which you can go find on um, sihornets.com. If you just Google that, you'll go straight to our website. Um, that was a really interesting discussion with Dave King from SB Nation. And we looked at 
the the difficulties, especially kind of financially for DeAndre Ayton trade. So we've done DeAndre, we've done Ruger Bear. I will keep searching for the future center of the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Miles Turner might be next. I feel like we've been linked with him for like the last five years, but um, yeah, we'll we'll keep searching and having these conversations with people. And and thanks a lot for tuning in and thanks for joining me. Yeah, one last thought on Rudy Gobert, you know, for the team that um, just kind of a stat for you on Rudy Gobert. It's been 20 years since a team's won the championship where their highest paid player was a center. It's 2002, Shaquille O'Neal. So for the team that's trading for Gobert, you know, you know, buyer beware. It's a tough thing to do to when your highest paid player has that skill set. You know, it's a tough thing, but we'll see what happens. It will be interesting. But yeah, thanks for having me. It's a great point, and I'm glad you brought it up. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And we will touch base with you again when anything Hornets, Jazz ever comes up. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Thank you.